back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined once again by the king of K-Fabe, frontside, 180 kickflips, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how are we living today, bro? Living pretty good now. You know, we got past COVID. We got past the snowstorm, which there might be another one coming here soon, but we are living pretty good today. Sipping on a little brew over here, getting ready to yeah. talk some uh, modern wrestling and some nostalgic wrestling. What uh, what brew do you have over there? What are you drinking on? I'm drinking on that uh, that New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. Ooh, that's a goodie. That's a goodie. I currently have the uh, the Sweetwater G13 uh, IPA. It's a 420 strain. Oh, oh yeah, because G13 because G13 is a weed strain. G13 yeah. hash plant. Mr. Yeah. Nice Guy. Yeah, Mr. Nice Guy. That's a goodie. It's a goodie. It's very delicious. It is very dank. It does smell like when you crack these beers, it smells straight up like weed. Uh, but it's delicious. Mm. And I, what I thoroughly enjoy What's the ABV? Uh, 6.2. So it's not too heavy, but it's not too too light. You yeah, know? I'm it's, drinking on a 9%er right yikes. now. Yikes. So you got the yep. Imperial guy over yep. there. Wow. The big boy. The big boy. The big boy. Hey, man, might as well go big. Boys. You know, yeah, go we big got, we, go home. We got a lot of big news going on, right? We got What's going on in the oh, news shit. and the notes? What's the haps right now? Spill the, haps, the tea, what? baby. Dude, the tea that just popped off literally hours before we started to record, WWE Hall of Famer Sonny, who has had many different run-ins with the law, had a troubled history, a very troubled past. She was arrested today for illegal weapon possession and terroristic threats. And the details haven't really came out exactly what happened, but sounds about par for the course right there for Sonny. Tammy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like we said, uh, uh, off camera, we discuss how most Tammies, not to offend anybody, are usually like redneck white trash. Most, most of the time. Them. Most of the time. There's always exceptions to the rule. There's always Eight exceptions to the rule. Okay. Uh, but if you're out there going by Tamara, you ain't fooling anybody. We know you're a Tammy deep down. Just go ahead and embrace the internet Tamminess of it. Exactly. We know uh, what exactly else, what's going what on. What else we got going on in the, uh, in the notes, man? Okay, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and keep it uh, with WWE right now. And Corey Graves, after seven years, has been cleared to compete. What? Yep. Really? Every, basically, anybody who got injured and said they couldn't wrestle no more, medicine's good now. Modern medicine's fucking great. You're coming back. Everybody's coming back. We never thought Edge would come back. We never thought Paige Brian is coming Angleson back too, right? Isn't back. that a thing? They've been trying who? to like Paige. I've heard that, but honestly, do we really want to see Paige back? I mean, I I don't. I have zero exactly. desire to That's see that, to I, be completely honest with you. But, um, I mean, I was, it, can, it can't hurt. Okay. It can't what? hurt their situation. It can't hurt their situation oh, right yeah, now. Definitely. Any company that signed Paige, if she goes back to WWE or whatever, definitely popular. We're going to boost her stuff. I'm and pretty sure she's still she can, signed. Isn't she not? Is, I'm uh, she's still, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's still technically under contract. They just okay. don't do anything with her because what can yeah. they do? Right, 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 right. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, some WWE news. Uh, just, this is funny news to me. They're going to be having an elimination chamber match in Saudi Arabia, which is pretty ridiculous choice of match. Stipped. When is that? Is that that February show? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to cover it. We're going to recover Might it. Might as well I'm cover gonna... it. Yeah. And the last little bit of WWE news, which is definitely the biggest thing in the WWE news, they are getting sued by MLW. Ooh, for? Uh, for block for them, apparently WWE doing some antitrust stuff and monopolization stuff and blocking them from getting TV deals and contracts for other what? for other streaming services. Yeah, a story came like Vince, one of the executives. Actually, it also uh, another part of it. Uh, whenever MLW started working with Vice earlier this year or earlier yeah. last year, yeah, 
uh, a WWE executive reached out to them and said that Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon is pissed that you're working with MLW. You need to stop. And then they immediately like was like, oh, that is illegal as hell, and you can't do that. And they're like, well, oh, I'm sorry, I can't control the boss. What? That is. Yeah. First of all, why? MLW is not a. Uh, I mean, we love MLW around here. I'm not trying to disparage it. Exactly. Why. Because Tubi, which is owned by Fox, was also trying to give them a deal, and WWE was like, nope, nixed it because they're doing the thing with Fox. That's just so dumb to me, though. Yeah, I know it's really it's ridiculous. So. But and they're just basically saying like they're trying to sue him, saying like they blocked them from like getting deals that would have definitely like pushed their company into like a different level, and all these other things. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't think MLW has enough money to even try to pursue this. No, there's no way. I think there's it's probably no bad for them unless it's like unless they have a lawyer that knows something that we don't know that can that WWE is going to get real fucked or maybe they'll settle out of court, pay him yeah. some money. I'm hoping that's the case. They just have this plan to get it settled out of court. It makes more sense that way. Or maybe it's just like, hey, if we try to sue them for this, they'll probably just settle it this, and then it's a win-win. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, anything else on the uh, the dirt sheets there? Oh uh, yeah, we got a little a little bit of impact in AEW news. For Impact, uh, they just signed PCO to a contract. Who you know, as we know, made a little debut, little run, and at the pay per view that we're going to cover yeah. here in a minute. Yeah, and. Charlie Haas made his return to wrestling and made his impact debut and got injured and had a concussion all in the same match. Oh no. It's not it's not that bad though. He went to the doctor, he released something saying like, you know, it was just a freak accident. He caught Josh Alexander's knee and then like the turnbuckle immediately afterwards. Oh no. It was just one of those like, you know, freak accidents that happens in wrestling and ah, see, I don't okay know. I, I, is he though? Cause I mean, I've been, I've been following Charlie Haas on Instagram for like the past year or so. And that dude is not all there anymore. Oh, well so. I have not been following him. Well, he said that, you know, he went to the doctor and his, you know, it's concussion and he can still wrestle and he's like taking bookings or whatever. But I did not know that he was not well off. Cause I don't follow him like that on the social yeah, media, but, um, uh, Good looking out, so we uh, have at least some kind of context because I have. My you know, goodness, that seems yeah. I uh, wow. Okay, well, man. All right, well, you know what? Yeah. Here's hoping that he figures it out. Hope hopefully whatever works, you know, whatever works for him is gonna work. But yeah, and a person who was on the pre-show, which we're not gonna cover for the, the Impact Hard to Kill, another new signing, Speedball Mike Bailey. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a Canadian wrestler. Not. He's been he hasn't been able to come to the US for like the past 4 or 5 years due to some visa issues that happened. Mm-hmm. But I used to watch him back in on PWG shit back in the day and dude, Speedball Mike Bailey's fucking awesome. He's great and I'm glad that he signed to Impact. I'm glad he's in the USA. I've really I thought he was going to be an AEW guy to be honest cuz he's like has that big PWG connection. Yeah. But it's really cool to see him here in America. Another signing for AEW, uh, debuted this week on Dynamite, Brody King, now Brody officially King. with Malachi Black. Yeah. You know, the House of Black faction, Kings of the Black Throne, as they are known in PWG. Pretty excited about that. You know, it's going to be some hot shit popping off with that. I'm ready to see it because Brody King's a big old boy and he can move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Brody King. I like his work. I like, um, I like his vibe. I think it's a great fit, and I'm excited to see where they, where they go with it and what, what happens with it. Yeah, and uh, our boy Tony Schiavone got a contract extension, so he uh, he's going to be with AEW for sure for at least three to five more years. I'm not sure nice. 
Not sure exactly how long the contract was, but, you know, we love Tony Schiavone. And, yeah, it was yeah. a great episode of Dynamite this week. Uh, pretty much lots of storytelling, lots of planting seeds to move stuff forward. Like I said, we had the Brody King debut. Yeah. Uh, Wardlow beat CM Punk. Literally, it was like a Bret Hart-like tribute match, like nostalgia. He did so many Bret Hart things, like, because uh, Wardlow powerbombed him, like, five or six times in a row. Yeah. And when he went for, like, the other one, you know, CM Punk did the did the Bret Hart and collapsed and then did the roll-up victory. To, I mean, it was good shit there. Like to like to see the good callbacks right there. Even though I'm not the biggest Bret Hart fan, I still like it. Oh, I still like seeing that. So, uh, yeah, it was a great episode of Dynamite, you know, just setting up stuff for next week. We got basically, oh, one of the big things, Britt Baker finally joined up with you know, the elite slash yeah, undisputed I mean, era. Yeah, I was just waiting for that to happen. I mean, which yeah. I don't know why they haven't done that already. They need to pull that trigger. And then we have the episode of Rampage coming up this Friday. And are you ready to do some predictions here? Yeah, let's do it. What do we got? All right. So the first match on the card and I didn't it's there's spoilers out there, but I did not look at spoilers. So this is all going to be pure guessing. Uh, Sean Spears facing the debuting Andrew Everett. OK, well, Spears for sure. Well, I'm going with Everett because he's a debuting new wrestler, and Sean, Sean Spears is the guy you kind of come in and beat when you, you need to get over. Even in NXT, that was kind of his I'm going with Spears. His role. All right. Well, I'm going with Andrew Everett. You're familiar with Andrew Everett, right? Yeah. Yeah. I Good understand. Uh, Good work. He's been, he's been out for a while, so mm-hmm. glad to see him back in there. Uh, a trios matchup. Chris Statlander, Layla Hirsch, and Red Velvet taking on the Bunny, Nyla Rose, and Penelope Ford. Heels. Yep, I'm going with the heels too. Heels all day. All right, so we only have, have one different pick so far. All right, Trent Beretta versus Adam Cole Bebe. Cole. Yeah, Cole, because he mentioned also on Dynamite how he's undefeated in singles competition. Yeah. So he's not going to lose, and it's going to be a big match, a big pay-per-view match. Not going to be yeah. a Rampage or Dynamite, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And the main event, tag team titles on the line, the Jurassic Express taking on Johnny Hungy and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order. There's no way uh, Jurassic Express loses it this quick. Although, I mean, I, I do see the, if if Dark Order ever has a tag team that gets a run, it will be those guys. I will say that. Yes. I My heart says John Silver and Alex Reynolds, but yes, yes. just like you said, they yeah. are not going to drop the straps this early. Right. Got to give it to Jurassic Express. So it's all, it all comes down to number one, really. Who, yeah, who, so who, whoever – yeah, we tied last week because all yeah. of our picks were the same. The exact and, same, yeah. And they all and played we out all exactly right. yeah, how yeah. we predicted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So for the new year, we do not have a picks champion as of now. It's not still yet. tied not up. Yet. Not, not yet. There's still no. There's still no champion crowned yet for season four. Um, speaking of though, I think that that's that's about wraps it up, right? We can jump into the actual meat and potatoes of the show. The, uh, the episode that we're here to discuss is Impact's Hard to Kill from this past weekend, 2022, and that is going to be up against. And Audible. I know we had said we were going to be covering WCW sold out in 1997, but we actually did that last year for this exact same pay-per-view. And we realized that in the moment, so we're actually doing WWF No Way Out from 2002. Um, now, Royal Rumble 2002 in storyline does happen before this. Um, so we're going to kind of, we're ju- kind of jumping one ahead, but the way, I mean, with the rest of our schedule, the way it played out, I feel like it fits better this way anyway. So you'll just have to pretend that we have we've kind of seen the O2 Royal Rumble, but you know we're gonna get to that one later when we get into Royal Rumble season. Uh, yeah, I'm stoked for these shows. Wax. And maybe I mean, since we you know have been covering some other like '97s and stuff like that, maybe we'll just kind of go talk about the O2 Royal Rumble since we already know what happens after it, and we can watch something like some 
like you said, maybe some 1997 Royal Rumble or something like that, yeah. or a 2007 Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know why my there. voice got all gravelly when I went Royal Rumble. I don't know why Royal the hell Rumble. I did that. It just sounded good for the, the moment, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, it was it was kind of smooth and sexy. Uh, that being said, let's jump into the sexy show here. It's the uh, current event show that everybody wants to hear about. Our take on impacts hard to kill from hard to kill from this past weekend. Um, the opening was was really cool, except for Rosemary. She's just really kind of cheesy, and I don't know why you would have thought to pick her for like a serious interview opening promo thing like it just didn't like her gimmick just doesn't lend herself to that to begin with it'd be like kind of having the fiend like do a joint narration thing it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever um yeah i don't know Uh, i don't know i think that whoever thought that was a good idea should be kicked in the shins but the opening match here is uh chelsea green versus tasha Steele versus lady frost versus jordan grace versus alicia or alicia versus rosemary and an ultimate X knockouts match. Um, yeah, man. What do you think about this ultimate X knockouts match? OX, give it to me. Uh, first off, I'm going to say Tom Phillips, AKA whatever his name is now already sounds great on impact commentary. Tom like Hannigan. He, yeah. Yeah. Hannah, Tom yeah, Hannigan. Yeah. yeah. That's his real name. Tom Hannigan sounds fantastic. And dude, this match, I know they're making history and all that here, but besides from a few cool spots here, or there, it was just kind of, wacky pointless that type of match that venue and that is, is just too small for it they couldn't even get a good wide shot of the whole thing that really was not upset good. me most of the time they were just good. literally like you know when jim Cornette gets mad and he talks about people flipping and diving for no reason that's what they were doing in this match like you're supposed to be retrieving something from the top why the fuck are you just doing unnecessary flips like you gotta you gotta make it make a little sense they were cool spots like don't get me wrong. I probably wouldn't try to do any of the any of those fucking flips that they were doing, especially the Lady Frost one she did from the up really high. Yeah. yeah. No, like, I totally Jordan, agree. Jordan Grace was the star of this match. Like it really could have just been Jordan Grace versus Tasha Stills in a singles match. For the yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe or somebody I, else, but yeah, Jordan know. Grace I think should have won this match. Alicia just I, I can't take her. I cannot take her serious when it in any type of. I don't know. Just can't take her seriously. Like they chant, she's hardcore with the pink kendo stick and shit. And it just doesn't do it for me. Can't get down with it. And it's okay that Tasha Stills won. I would have had, I had Herb as one of my three people that I wanted to win, but Jordan Grace, she was the star of the match. I mean, I agree. On. I think I agree she should have totally. got it, but she already has the other title. So I don't think they want to, you know, give her too much stuff at once, right. you know, oversaturate it really. But man, it just really. I gave it two and a half beers just because it was a historic, just because it was a historic thing. And there were some spots that like, though didn't make sense. They were still impressive. And Jordan grace was doing some shit that neither of us could ever imagine doing in our entire life. Like she was hanging on the fucking ultimate X with another human on her and still going. Thought that was pretty insane. Yeah. But, that, yes. Yes. But the match probably, itself really yeah. was just, just a bunch of crazy missing big spots and shit. And production yeah. was fucking up too. Only reason I, I two and a half is being generous. I'm being very generous with that two and a half beers. I completely agree, actually. I um I think you're more than generous with that. I thought it was really chaotic. I thought they went just straight into the big bumps right away, like no work up to it at all, just straight into craziness. Like that there was no it just and there's also like eight people out there instead of I mean it's already a lot as it is, but then you start adding tag team partners in just for no reason at all and they stay there for the whole match. Like it just Yeah, what it are felt, the rules, dude? I don't know. It it was bad. It was really clunky. 
like this is a botchamania like feast fest. Like, yes, of course, like, you know, Jordan Grace pulled off the one spot, but like there are a couple massive botches. Like they were oh, not yeah. supposed to fall and both take ass bumps on that on that one spot. Like oh, that was no, not that supposed was, to happen. No, no, no. That was that looked fucking painful as hell. Yeah, yeah this is gonna be all over the next episode of Botchamania. Yeah, for sure. It was a train wreck of a match in a bad way. Uh, the women took some gnarly bumps, and that deserved a lot of respect. Um, I gave it one and a half beers. I gave it one and a half beers, and I feel See, like that's fair. I feel like that's See, a fair yeah, rating. I, I was, I just, I guess, I respected some of those bumps a little bit more. <laughs> that's fair. I was being a little bit more generous, but yeah, that's really what it was. We we were giving you respect points for sure. I mean, I'm definitely giving respect to Tom too. Uh, again, like I liked hearing him call wrestling again. I feel like he felt he fit right back in. Um, and then we get a big, like free fall trailer, which I guess is what part of their sponsorship is is to show this long ass horror thriller trailer. Uh, but the movie didn't look terrible. Um, it's made by the people, the executive producers from get out and that was pretty good. So yeah, very, yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool. looks like it could be interesting. Yeah. It could be interesting. I I, I, I can tell you right now, I 100% will not watch that movie. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I I will definitely not see it, but. I feel like they're stepping up though, you know, getting they're getting the yeah. sponsorships from the movies. That's and also some other movie is sponsoring like this week's episode of Impact. Yeah, some other bullshit. No, I think, not even the same one. I think this is, dude. Call me crazy, but I think that Impact is going to be the uh, the, the new Ring Imp- of Honor. Impact. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But it's going to be the up and coming. Like, I really feel like it's going to be an actual viable national third brand. Like, I think it. So, so, like, if we're talking in the old days, like where it was WWF, WCW, ECW, I think it, I think Impact is going to have even more of a uh, a place in the market bigger than ECW was in that era. Like, I think it's going to be a lot closer to AEW than people think. I really do, especially once they get back to a point where they're touring. And they are. And speaking of that, yeah, they are going to start touring again. They already announced their tour, and they got. G.O.D., the Gorillas of Destiny, and Jay White from the Bullet Club coming over to America for the tour. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, I would and, love for nothing more than Impact to be that big third brand, maybe that close second brand, because fucking, I, I love wrestling, and Impact is a Nashville, Tennessee thing, baby. Agree, I agree fully, and I think that Impact is kind of like to me the coolest part. Like to me, it's very clear that it's a WWE and AEW. Like it's AEW is the distant second. But to me, the reason why the, it doesn't feel like no, so much third place with Impact is because, like, it's almost like the, like, we talk about the forbidden door, but to me, Impact is the door. Impact is the door. They're the yeah. ones that can send send women out to go wrestle at the Royal Rumble, and they can also just have Kenny Omega be their champion. And I mean, and they're also having, you know, talent also have with New Japan. Wrestle, wrestle Kingdom and the Tokyo Dome. And they had the Ring of Honor title defended here. To me, Impact is, like, one of the most interesting promotions hey. going today. I agree, and I'm so thankful that we were able to get all those free tickets and go to those tapings because that was a really cool experience. For sure, for sure, and I'll definitely be going back once they do start doing more in Nashville. I uh, had a great time there. Finally, with uh, a crowd, I'm ready for them to go to a bigger venue, maybe go back to the fairgrounds. I'd, I'd be fine with Municipal, man. Even if they just tarped off the top, I think it would work. I think it would look good. Yeah, they did um, that for some Ring of Honor tapings, and it looked fine. And it looked great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, let's keep it rolling here, though. Um, we got Tom and D'Lo kind of running down the card. Mickey James and Deanna Peraza both get some promo time, and that was actually very, very good. They both delivered really good promos. But uh, why does Deanna Peraza look like she's on the verge of crying every time she cuts a promo? I think it's because she's – I think she has boo-boo face. I think that she – like when I could tell when she came out that 
I could tell during, during this promo that she was going to lose the match by her face. I could just, I could uh, just tell. But like, even when we heard her cut promos like live, it's like when she's talking, it's like her voice is cracking, like she's going to start crying. Except for when she gets angry. Then she kind of like, when she puts the extra bass into her voice, I guess yeah. it prevents it from cracking. But when she's like just talking without getting angry, she just sounds like she's gonna. It just, it, it always gets me every time. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. I mean, I haven't honestly ever noticed that, but I, I, I now that you've said it, I'm probably not going to be able to not hear it. So thanks for that. Uh, the next Welcome. match here is uh, Steve Macklin versus Trey Miguel for the X Division Championship. Man, I, I listen, Macklin has zero charisma to me, but the dude's work rate has gotten significantly better than what he was in NXT. Uh, it's a hot and heavy match from the jump. Um, the crowd is super into it. I, I like Trey McGill. I think he's a great wrestler, but it's very hard for me not to see Ricochet Jr. And I mean, they just, they look similar. They, everything similar about moveset, yeah. every, dude, their gear, their, even their tattoo placement. It's like, I mean, I mean, Ricochet everything was first Ricochet was, first. yes, of course. That's what I'm saying. He looks like Ricochet Jr. And to be honest, Ricochet's a little bit better. I mean, to, if we're being honest, I know we haven't been yeah, able to see it because he has, WWE's he has way been more sitting experience on him. And, yeah. But yeah, okay. All that being said, I love Ricochet. I, I like this guy, but he seems like a lesser than just because he's so so. I mean, change your gear, maybe change your hair. I don't know. There's just some do something different. Maybe grow your Ricochet's hair out, change bald, your gear, and he's not. So like, yeah, I don't know. There's just maybe should grow it out. Their body hair types. Out? Their body types are very similar. He's just smaller. Long hair might might help him because Ricochet never had long hair. Their skin tone is similar. You know what yeah, I mean? No, like, they, no, they literally, yeah, they, they look very similar. I agree. They look they related. Look. It looks like Chavo and Eddie almost, you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, I, I don't know, dude, that being said, these dudes work their asses off for sure. The Meteora to the outside was vicious as hell off the apron. Um, Macklin had to be concussed after that one, but dude, honestly, bell to bell was really great. I'm not sold on either of the personalities. For, you know, like totally. Uh, but the match itself was a great X division style match. It definitely fit the moniker and it held it well. Um, I gave it four beers. I thought it was very good above average. Um, what do you think about Steve Macklin versus Trey Miguel here? Man. Yeah. I thought it was a really good match. Like so a lot of really cool, innovative spots like that spear through the rope where he didn't actually go all the way through. Yeah, he just that was got stuck. Cool. Like, yeah, I was like, Holy fuck. That looks like it really hurt. Like it, it did not to. feel good for, yeah, there's no it way it felt hurt. good for yeah. Trey Miguel and That's the fucking cool. tope yeah. where he landed into the crowd. Yeah. Just so much wild. sick shit. And like you said, that Meteora Macklin, off the, off, dude, yeah. off the apron. Like you got his head literally bounces like a basketball. Off oh, the it, it like, literally hit the back of the fucking, the metal like, part of the barricade. Yeah. And like you said, dude, Macklin has, improved like so much like he's a tough son of a bitch for sure just he, he was honestly i think in wwe he just got stuck in a bad gimmick with a bad tag team he's probably I think he ar- needs to grow his hair out too i think he needs to do like the mick foley thing grow your beard grow your hair do, do that something because you just look like a, such a standard ass like create a wrestler yeah. and then the, one of the worst parts of the matches wasn't even the match there was like two guys in the crowd who tried to get a usmc chant going oh god and you could literally hear it was like two guys doing it and nobody joined in. What's that? And I was like, fuck, like, and he needs to yeah, get the whole military, get get over that military gimmick. And, you know, he's dating Deanna Perrazzo. So maybe they should, she should oh, do something. That. She should be like, yo, let me give you some better gear, some better, some better pointers to get <laughs> like, I don't know. But yeah, very, very hard hitting match. I didn't quite go for 3.75. It was, it was really good. And I like the little Spider-Man stuff for Trey McGill. I do like that part of his character. Little, little Spidey tribute. I did, like you see what he did on the intro. He had the yeah. three different Trey Miguel's pointing at each other. Yeah, 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 
Yeah, and I, I like that. that. I, I like that Tom said, um, I was expecting the Rascals or something like that. I was like, God, they're just like talking about like, I, I don't know. I just love it. I love that idea. Now. Well, it's, it's because, uh, and actually Tom Hannigan, is it Hannigan? It's Hannah Finn, I think. Hannah Finn. Well, he actually said in an interview, he's like, he goes, working for Impact is great. I can say whatever I want. Like, I don't have to like not mention a wrestler or a company or something they did a long time ago because we're not WWE. Like, Impact actually acknowledges that other companies exist, which is better for storytelling. Like, you can bring back, hey, these guys had a match, Tokyo Dome, New Japan, like three years ago, and this is the first time since. Like, they actually use that. They use something like that to tell the story when we get into our next match, actually, so. Yeah, let's get into it here. Um, this one, I believe, is close to my match of the night, if not the match of the night, in my opinion. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's my, that's definitely my match of the night. It's Chris Saban versus Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Before we get to the match, though, we did get a little promo time from Madison Rain and Neil Dashwood. Uh, I guess they could, the inspiration couldn't make it because of travel yeah, they got or whatever. A, they got COVID. Oh, they didn't get code. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or they were, ex- they were ex- exposed to somebody who had it or something like that. So they're doing a match uh, at a – it's like a TV special. I think it's actually – or like an Impact Plus special. Uh, it's like an hour-long thing on January 27th. We will not be covering it, but we'll, maybe we'll talk about it in the news or something. Um, it was kind of weird. But anyway, I like that they brought in the ring announcer like crew for like uh, the commentary and the ring announcing. I think that was a really nice – In Rick Abani and Bobby Cruz. Yeah, very cool. Um, we had Chris Saban versus Jonathan Gresham here for the ring of honor world championship. And it's a pure wrestling rules match, which I think is, I, I, abs- this is probably my favorite stipulation match of all time of all time. Yeah. I'm so like, like ever since they started doing these matches, cause I didn't like watch the old school ring of honor when they did that back in the day. But yeah. Watching this is awesome. It's so good. Like, it's just such a good I don't know. It just, I, I love it. I think it's, it's, it's adding those little stipulations can add drama to the match without really changing the context of a regular pro wrestling match, which is so invaluable to me. Uh, but let's get to the match itself here from the beginning. You knew it was going to be all about technique because of the, the, um, you know, the way they laid, laid the match rules out and the way Saban and Gresham kind of both work their, their strong suits. I, I mean, technique just, I knew it was going to go that way. And I absolutely loved the match itself. I thought it was perfectly done. I thought Saban sold like a million bucks. He's sold better in this match than I've seen him sell in the, in the past few months or so. Um, it, it just went a long way. It was so good. It was so smooth. The guys had a ton of natural chemistry together. Um, some really, really smart false finishes that worked like within the rules. Um, I absolutely loved it, man. I thought it was a great, great actual finish too. super technical. Um, I went four and a half beers on this one, man. Four and a half beers. Dude, this match literally like we'll say a match of the night for sure. For me, I don't know if anything could possibly even rate higher than this. And just like you said, we knew it was going to be technical from the get go. And that's literally one of the lines I have is just so fucking technical. Just like so many switches, reversals, counters, like roll ups, like into like, dude, I mean, if anybody, if obviously you guys are pro wrestling fans, you've seen Saban and Gresham wrestle before and they, they really put on a fucking banger here. And the storytelling, like I was mentioning earlier, they reference old stuff. The reason that Saban even it gets this title shot is because three years ago, he beat Jay Lethal, and that earned him oh. a title shot. He, ne- he never got his title shot. Wow! And so they, you know, they kind of sold that on commentary three years in the making. And dude, so much sick shit like that, like twisting DDT thing that uh, Saban pulled off, insane, so like so smooth and like yeah. I didn't even. I was like, what? Because I said, what a DDT, and I was like, he, yeah. he did a what? Yeah, like, I had to go back and be like, he DDT'd him. Yeah, dude, 
pure uh, rules are fantastic. Like just dude, so much drama with the rope breaks and like the one part where Saban was like trying to get to the rope, but then like yeah. Gresham was like pulling his hand back, but then like f- basically forced him to make the break. Just, dude, you have to be a smart great drama. wrestler. What? Great drama. You exactly like. I don't think any wrestler can. You have to be a like. You have to be fucking a very good wrestler, like a smart wrestler, to be able to do matches like this to make it work. I totally agree. I totally like, agree. And I don't I think, think they, the big yeah. show and Kane could have a match like this. It would never oh, definitely work. Definitely not. No, no, no. Definitely not. I mean, these guys killed it. Yeah, and I went four point seven five. Almost went five beers. I thought this was really good. Like, wow. This is what okay. I was, probably what the most probably the match that I was the most looking forward to on the card was this, and it delivered. And yeah, yeah oh yeah, honestly, it was great. And some of the other stuff on the card, I didn't know what to expect. And yeah, we'll get to these next matches. Some some good shit, some weird shit. Some good, some weird, some bad, some terrible, but some yeah. some actually awesome. Um, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. We get Tasha Steele cutting a really awkward promo in the back, um, and then we get a package for Josh Alexander and Jonah Rock. And the package was great. Um, the match starts off and it's hard hitting to say the least. Um, it's definitely more of a brawl than I expected, but honestly, I guess when you realize you're following a pure rules match, it made more sense to me for it to be more brutal and more like hard hitting. Uh, and it worked. I think, I think Alexander sold super well. Uh, Jonah looked like an absolute powerhouse. Um, the feed dropped in the middle of the match for like a relatively high point. And that's, if that's not TNA, I don't know what is. Um, so they're still kind of got that TNA curse in there. Uh, maybe Jeff Jarrett just walked in the back to say hello or something, and that's what happened. Um, I'm not sure. The dive over the guardrail. Yeah, the dive over the guardrail was awesome. If you want to get real granular here, um, yeah. It, yeah, I mean it was a great match. I enjoyed it. It wasn't as good as as the previous match, but it was a definitely above average match. Um, and a, and a really good showing for both guys. I was pleasantly surprised. I expected more of a wrestling match and I got more of a brawl. Um, but that's okay. Um, I'm going to go four beers dead in the middle. So it, it was pretty good. Uh, solid half a beer better with the pure rules, but it was four. It was definitely a four beer match above average for sure. Um, what do you think about Jonah rock versus Josh Alexander here? I thought it was great. Very good contrast of styles. Like it, it was a brawl, but it was like, brawls with lots of big power moves yes yeah, and yeah. They still, uh-huh. and then, but then josh alexander still added some submission stuff in there so of course yeah yeah they it were was more like, like ufc style it wasn't like uh it wasn't like dean malenko style subs you know what i mean it felt more combat you know what i mean i mean and that's really the josh alexander style if you right. and, dude and there's so much little just little small things in the match like jonah's variation of the torture rack like where he's doing it vertically yeah. or horizontally with you instead of parallel or, or would that be parallel yeah, yeah, parallel. Yeah. Basically, you're not. He's going the the other way than you normally go. He's gonna go straight yeah, yeah. down the middle instead of over the shoulders, the Lex Luger yeah. way. Thought that was fucking sick, and I loved how when he was beating the shit out of Josh Alexander, he was just grabbing him by his uh, headgear and just pulled him around and shit. Yeah, just lo- little little subtle things like that, and Smart. just lots of nart like dude, big just big brutal just hits, just like very stiff shots. Big meaty man slapping meat. Yeah, dude. Slapping the fuck and just slamming, slapping, tweaking. I went four beers also. I thought it was really good. It was my second match of the night. Yeah, for uh, sure. I don't think so. Uh, it was very good. Honestly, I thought the well, show I don't was know. really I good in to, general. Well, the, the, so. uh, the three, the three way later, it's got a close rating. Very close rating. Close rating. It's a close rating for sure. Let's uh, let's get into the uh, the next package here. We get a promo from Eddie Edwards and the rest of the baby faces for their hardcore war. Zero interest in this, uh, but I'm going to get through it. Man. Luckily on fight, there is a way to watch it at time and a half speed. Um, so I watched this one a little bit faster than the other ones because <laughs> I just didn't give a shit about 
doubt it, to be honest with you. I mean, it's kind of like, okay, so the idea of the, of the, of the match is that it's kind of like war games, except without the cage. Um, and Beener, not two rings, which you need yeah. 10 people. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. It got so overcrowded. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that though. Diener is another one that would just zero charisma. Diener and Macklin, I just feel like they got to figure it out. It's just not for me. Uh, there's some big bumps and spots and it's a spectacle match. And that was co- the, the spectacle spots where they were still having entrance was cool. But once they were all in there, it got real sloppy and crazy. Um, Rhino's kind of moving around like an old man, you know, checking like the apples at a grocery store. You know what I mean? <laughs> he just kind of shuffling with his shoulders down. You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't hate it. It served its purpose. It was pretty cheese though. Uh, the Kendo stick on fire was basically like a kid's birthday candle. He just like lit the little like fabric tip and yeah. Oh God. It was, it was terrible. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, I don't know. By the time they got the barbed wire out, I'm totally over it. And it was already just like played out. Um, uh, I, 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 I decided to be generous and give this 2.75. It's almost average for me. Um, but I don't know. It's just, this is not my style. Uh, where were you at on this hardcore war? I went right down the middle on it just because they bled a lot, put in a lot of work, but it was literally just fucking chaos. And that's the reason war games works because two rings, the cage, 10 people, one ring with 10 people just doesn't fucking work. And like you said, it was just cheese. Like Willie Mack came out with a literally uh, ax handle. He came out with an ax handle. Carl Anderson used a fucking golf club. Like someone threw powder in someone's fucking eyes. Like, and the cheesy foot, like I said, the worst flaming, that's the worst flaming spot in a match ever. Like it wasn't even a, like when I've seen botches where they can't get the shit lit. That's better than this because it was just like a little tiny, a little flame. It was like the, the exploding death match in AEW. Yeah, that like if you want to compare like for spots, like it just wasn't some crazy four yeah. fifties. The, the bar, like you said, by the time the bar bar board got out, I was like, "More? Are you fucking kidding me? Like it's not gonna yeah. end now?" Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just a little much. bit too much. So yeah, Rhino old Shuffle Man got the win. It was just yeah, right in the middle, just because it was entertaining, but like, what does this even mean? Like where do they go from here? Yeah. And why are the Good Brothers team? Well, I think it was by a blow off. I mean, I think I it was a blow off. I mean, the Violent by Design. Th- I get, I get what was happening. It's just. I don't know. It was uh, uh, the good news is all these guys can kind of scramble off and go into something different. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the best part of all this, I think, was seeing, you know, OGK and PCO and Vincent kind of. Oh, date. yeah. The the, end, the ending angle was yeah. very cool because that because basically so it's like OGK forming. Is it just they're going to be the kingdom again? Because remember, Vincent was in yeah. like the new kingdom. Yes. And then so they're just going to be a big kingdom now with PCO. Uh, Oh, is they're PCO? like, uh, yeah, but they're, it's like they, they said, Tom said it. It's like the, is this the modern kingdom or something? Or like, uh, oh. the, or the advanced kingdom or something like that. It was like, cause PCO is, PCO is like a cyborg. Is PCO in the faction now? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that's a, that's a heavy faction. No, for sure. That's dope. Like, I think that that's, and I mean, I love that. I think OGK, they need to stick together as a tag team. I think that they've been at, been and Taven have both had great careers or whatever, but like, to me, this is their motor city machine guns moment where like, you know, Shelly and Saban had a great run as singles, but when they got together, they had a solid, like five, six year run. And that's a solid way to have a faction. Like you got the tag team. Yes. You got your tag team. You got PCO, like your heavyweight singles guy. guy, And you got got your mid card singles guy. Yep. I agree. I think it's a good way to do it. I think the faction again, I'm excited about impacts future, man. I think that, I think that the booking was really good here for the most part and in the show. Um, and we'll, uh, let's just keep it rolling here. 
Um, we get a package for the the uh, the triple threat with Moose, Cardona, and Morrissey. It was decent. It wasn't great. Uh, the production kind of lacked on this one, um, which is kind of sad, but it was what it was. The match here is Morrissey versus Matt Cardona versus Moose for the Impact World Championship. Um, I can definitely say this, man. Impact kind of has a formula. It starts its matches off hot and then uses like the peaks and valleys formula, um, and it works. Um, the three-way spots were all very cool. Um, and none of these dudes are small too. You know what I mean? Like even Cardona is like six, three, two fifty. Like he's not a small guy. Uh, these are the, Mac man guys, you know? Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the athletic ability was definitely there from all three guys. I mean, Morrissey is a gas station, but it's very clear that he has definitely improved. Like, I mean, he's significantly better in the ring now than he was yeah, when because he, was he actually cat. has experience. Like he was green yeah. as fuck when he came out of NXT, like for sure. Yeah. Even Chelsea Green, she was better in this match than she was in the whole opener. Gosh, I mean, she had tons of missed spots in that opening match. My goodness. I don't but, think that was her fault. I think that was the other lady's fault, too. It's like a kind of, you know, Oh, totally. It takes, totally. takes yeah. two it's to tango. A lot of, it's a hodgepodge, man. It's, it's just, yeah. I mean, dude, I love Chelsea Green. I'm not shitting on her. I think she's great. I think she's one of the at least top 15 women in wrestling, period. Um but, you know, it was just a hodgepodge. But in this match, I think they did a really great job. It was it was a very WWE match in the best kind of way. Um, Morrissey is 100% going to get another shot at the E at some point. I definitely believe that. Um, either way, man, I thought the match was very good. Great tempo, great pacing, great false finishes, too. Very good match. Great way to kind of establish your brand and keep what you're trying to build with impact established. This felt like a main event guy it felt like a main event match from all three main event guys. That's what it felt like. And that's what it should feel like. Uh, four and three quarter beers, almost five beers on this one. I think this one actually out outranked my Saban match, uh, by a, a quarter of a beer. Yeah. So to me, this is match of the night. Um, great match, man. Championship match. I mean, Mo- the Moose Cardona stuff was phenomenal. And then Morrissey actually pulling his weight and, and surprising me even with his work rate. Yeah, definitely definitely 4.75 for me. Where are you at on this uh, triple threat Impact World Championship match? And it, it was, I after I checked my ratings, it is my second match of the night because that, you know, the Ring of Honor title match, I think, was the match of the night. But this is really close, four and a half. I'm right there behind it yeah. just by a little. And, dude, Besides Moose missing a big cross body at the beginning of the match, uh, where he just like ate shit pretty yeah. much, like he hardly hit Cardona. It's like that woke him up, I guess, and they just were fucking on point from there. And just like you said, they kind of work that WWE style triple threat where one guy will kind of lay out and they'll like kind of do the spots, and then all three will come in and do some of the big stuff. Like, dude, that Tower of Power. Power bomb, power bomb thing, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, that was fucking crazy. Sick, yeah, it was sick. They're, all three of those dudes are huge as fuck, and yeah, they just looked—they looked too big for that arena. No, I agree. They just—I agree, yeah. Like, all three of those dudes have star power written all yeah. over them. And Moose, you know, he said AEW and WWE have been trying to get him offered him, but he's like, nah, I'm I'm sticking with Impact. Yeah, I think which I think is great. Too. He's yeah. the guy. He's making good money. Why not? Why, why, why leave? What are you going to And finally, after the past like year of him like building up to being like the TNA champion and now actually finally being the impact world champion and getting like a nice reign. And like I said, his charisma, his work rate has not yeah. done nothing but got better in the past ever since he's been at impact. Honestly, yep, I agree. His physique, everything like dude, like, like you said, these are three fucking stars. They're all they're They got star written all over them. Any yep. co- like they could work for any company and be yes. main event guys. Agreed. Honestly, Agreed. but totally. They, and they had me. I thought Cardona was going to win a few times. I did, too. I was, too. Like, oh, I was yeah. like, dude, he's going to get it. And that's good when a match that's what can you need. really – Yes. Exactly. When they can really make you like 
yeah. suspend your disbelief and be fooled. Like, I think he's going to win. Like, WWE hardly ever does that, but they did it really good in this match. They did a great job. I think they did a great job here for sure. Um, and then we got a package for Perrazzo and James. And they had the unfortunate, unfortunate circumstance of following this match. That's all I'm, I mean, like, because to be honest with you, man, okay, two things that really hurt this match to me. Number one, that dumb ass Texas death match gimmick that hurt. It's, it's the finish is always flat. It's always flat. And then the fact that they had to follow these guys. I mean, it was just, Oh, I thought you were going to say Mickey James is chaps, but I guess I'll talk about that when it gets to no, me. the chaps are hot, dude. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get that there's a deeper storyline in the match here than the rest of most of the rest of the card, at least. Uh, and both both of the, the ladies were, were phenomenal. Um, but the match did feel a little rushed, um, even though they had a ton of time, which is kind of strange. Uh, it just felt like the tempo was they were just rushing it a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, the uh, yeah, I got, OK, so Mickey wrestling in the chaps did throw me off a little bit, uh, but that doesn't it doesn't really matter. Uh, the brutality was there enough to make it work. I thought Mickey's color was actually a nice touch. The crowd was very, very, very into it. Um, and the match was very good. There were a couple awkward bumps. Um, and of course the, the coochie hold. Um, but overall, uh, I don't know. Overall, it's a great show from start to finish. I wouldn't have put this match on last. I would have swapped this. Okay. This is what I would have done. I would have put this match where the X division match was. I would have put the X division match where the triple threat was and had the triple threat close the show. I think that's how it should have worked out. Um, but overall, it's a really good show. I mean, I still gave this match three and a half beers. It was a really, it was above average. It was a good match. Uh, it just, honestly, if this had been in a different spot in the card, it probably would have got a higher rating. Uh, but I was kind of drained after that triple threat. It, it take, took a lot out of me. I mean, it was a really good match. Um, so, yeah, I mean, three and a half beers for me. Where are you at on this actual main event for the Knockouts Championship? So, like, I, like you said. The Texas Deathmatch stipulation was just fucking ridiculous. It didn't even need to be in here because it suffered not only from its placement on the car. Like, I agree with everything that you said. This should have been an opener. It could have oh, got about like, opener, but yeah. Wait, was the X Division match not the opener? The Ultimate X was the Ultimate X. Was that the opener? Yeah, that was the opener. I was See, talking I about the Trey Miguel. Um, Trey Miguel, yeah. Actually, Trey, yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. But, dude. I don't know if I was re- just expecting more from this and the crowd. I feel like they were a little worn out, too, because at the first half of this match, like it was pretty dead. Oh, and I think yeah. Earl Hebner botched it. I mean, not Earl Hebner, fucking Dave Hebner. Like, I think botched a three count like early. Like he counted three Brian, and it wasn't. <laughs> Which who did I say? Dave, Dave Earl <laughs> got oh, you, one of the fucking Hebners, you know, young he- uh, sweatband Hebner. Sweatband Hebner. Oh, yeah, I love it. Hebner. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think he botched it really early, though, and just, I don't know. It just, like you said, I think I was just kind of worn out because there was so much other, like, hardcore-type stipulations throughout this entire show. And after I just saw, like, after the hardcore war, like, like what the the fuck does any of this, what does any of these moves mean after I just saw, like, a bunch of fucking, like, crazy shit? Yeah. Like, I know, I know, I mean, I know it's a different match, but... I just saw some insane shit. This is the main event. The main event's supposed to, you know, just be the the banger. Yeah, really, really suffered from the spot, the stipulation, and if you want to get down to it, that uh, women's match on Rampage like a couple weeks ago, the trios match, that was a better women's hardcore style match with blood and gnarly shit than this was. Oh, I fully agree. I fully agree. And 
and the one on Ramp, it was Rampage. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. It was just like, oh shit, this was, this was a fucking good match. And this was yeah. one that I had more expectations for. So I only gave it three beers right in the middle. It suffered from like just so much, so many different things. It probably could have got four to four and a half if it was, pr- you know, paced and placed properly. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I thought it was. I thought overall, though, the show is a four. It's a four to four to four and a half year show, which oh, is yeah, very, a very way good. Ab- a way it was above a great show, show. Um, especially for a modern a modern show. Significantly better than day one. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely up there. I mean, AEW has the has the upper hand on everything pay per view related right now. They're just they they do put on the absolute best pay per views. Period. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is better than the Ring of Honor show that we covered recently. I think this is better than the uh, day one. Um, but yeah, man, I thought it was overall a good thing. I'm excited to cover more impact in the future, but let's move into our Wayback machine. We're going back 20 years to January of 2002. It's no so way out. 20 years. Jeez. Bro, do you want to hear something crazy? What? I was, I was about to go into my senior year in high school. That's okay. what's crazy. Yeah. Want to hear something crazy? Yes. I was in the sixth grade. <laughs> When this came out, my guy, I'm sure there's some people listen to this that were like, I was born. I was like, you know, yep. tying my or, shoes or I was just a little tickle in my pappy sack. Something like that. Some speaking, speaking of tickles and pappy sacks, uh, the way the show opens here is the NWO. Uh, there's no opening package that they were kind of known for, especially around this time. There's no production thing. Uh, it's just a live crowd and Jr. with the intro. And then, you know, the way God intended Somebody's music hits, the crowd goes wild, and it's the NWO making their debut. And did you think about this, which I didn't until I started watching it, No Way Out, NWO. NWO. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why didn't they br- do that to the branding more? They, did, they, did, they, they had some posters that did that oh, okay. from, from, uh, from Vince's chair where he turned around with the NWO, and it, had, it would, like, animate No Way Out. Oh, that's good, good stuff right there. Yeah. It was good stuff for sure. It was good stuff. Um, yeah. So then we get to the actual promo here. Um, you know, Nash tries to open up the little promo thing, and he gets blasted with what chance? Because uh, that's this era. Oh, this for is sure. what era? Prime yeah. what era? Yeah, prime what era? Uh, and I felt like the promo was a miss. I think wh- whoever did the writing here, this promo tanked the NWO right off the bat. It's like they are so over. They're all three stars, and you're trying to do this sarcastic. Oh, gee golly. We really mean it. We're going to be good guys. And it's like, no, that's not what people like. People want you to be heels right now. And they're going to cheer you anyway. Like, that's what they want you to do. You should have been the heels. Like, I don't know. It just felt like that. Whoever wrote these promos was a miss. It was not that the guys didn't perform it well. They did. It's just bad writing, in my opinion. I didn't care for the promo. What do you think about this opening NWO, especially for their first time back on TV? And this is what the promo they cut? Yeah, NWO WWEF was it was never never worked, and I don't know who was making the final decisions. Probably Vince McMahon, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, it's like, Vince for sure. Oh, I want Vince you guys Bruce to do this. It's a Vince great idea. Bruce. Yep. Oh, this is this is still Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. Oh yeah, Bruce and Vince. This they're they're definitely doing some bullshit here. They yeah. should have just came out. He sh- Scott Hall just only should have said Ayo, and that's about it. And then Hogan should have rambled about whatever the fuck how he's gonna beat everybody's ass. Like it didn't need to be scripted. It need to be a rambling Hogan promo and Nash saying some cool shit. Yeah. What it should have been. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. No two sweets. They didn't go to n- nothing cool. Nothing. No four lives. No, yeah. It no, was nothing. nothing. Cool at all. Nothing cool at all. It's a weird promo and it's a bad call. Uh, the opening match here is a tag team turmoil match. Um, it's Scotty, Too Hottie, and Albert 
versus Christian and Lance Storm versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys versus Billy and Chuck versus the APA. Um, I feel like uh, 2002 was the year of like opening with a like really fast paced tag team match. Like that year, it just felt like that that was a thing. Like they, towards the end of 2001, it's like random tag teams, but all the guys can kind of work and it's real fast paced. And it's like, we're just going to get the crowd super hype, like right off the like bat. Like 96, 97 WCW doing the cruiserweight matches yes. first. Yes, yes, yes. It was very hot excitement, very cl- crowd pleasing moves. Not a bad formula. It was a spectacle, like first thing out of the gate to get the excitement up. Uh, there's some quick eliminations until we the match kind of settled in a little bit with the Hardys and Dudleys, but they, even that didn't last very long. Um, and of course, that part ma- part of the match was great, even though again it was pretty quick. Everybody kind of got their stuff in. Um, it was fast, but all solid spots, and it's all star studded. Um, so I, it was above average for sure, slightly, but above average, three and a quarter beers. Um, that's where I'm at on it. I mean, everybody, everybody got their moves in. It was fast paced without feeling too rushed. And you got to see all the stuff you wanted to see. You got to see the worm, you know, you got to see a 3d, you got to see a swanton, uh, you got to see a famouser. you got to see JBL knock somebody's head off of the clothesline. You got to see all the things, you know, um, that's where I'm at with it. what do you think about this opener? Hey, I thought it was great. Uh, Dude, especially love Christian's entrance that he was doing at this time with the sparks and shit. Yeah. That was his best one he ever did. I always, I always stole it on Crea- Create a Wrestler. That was always mine. Oh, yeah. And it's like Randy Orton stole it, too, pretty much. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> but, uh, the dude, the fucking hip-hop hippo. Dude, JR oh. and King are all-time gold. This is like the best era of King and JR. They are yes. on it in this yes. whole pay-per-view. And, dude, like JR yeah. Cigar Store Indian line about Billy and Ch- about Chuck. Oh god! And then they were arguing about if his hair was real or not. Like, oh god! It's and so Jr. Good. said, uh, uh, "Was uh, was talking about his pigtails." And the king was like, "Oh, you ever have any uh, have any pigtails like that back in the day?" He goes, "Nope." He goes, "In the '60s, I went and got my hair cut once a week, every Saturday." <laughs> He's like, "Whether I needed it or not." <laughs> I was like, "Geez, oh. these guys are fucking killing it." And oh, they yeah, are. we got a little, we got a leader Rana. We got a lot of good stuff in this match. Like you yeah. said, all the big moves. We got the Cesaro swing before the Cesaro swing. Yeah, this, well, I think hits. it was great. It was, I mean, 2002, this is like, I was loving WWF at this point. All these wrestlers were great. Hype. I went three and a half beers. Fantastic little match right there. I love the yeah, worm. Yeah, three and a quarter, three and a half. I, I could say three and a half to you. We, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm into that. That, that sounds right. Um, after the match, we get Ric Flair and The Undertaker having a nice little promo exchange. Um, and then we get a recap of RVD and Goldust. Um, and then we have the actual match here. It's RVD and Goldust. And the match is a hot start. Um, RVD is like totally the bridge between the 90s style and the current style. Like he is the, the like the stop gap between them, I think. Um, and honestly, Dustin is kind of like peak physical condition here. Like, like as far as like his physical physique, like he looked really good here. Very solid. Gold work, Goldberg, Goldust worked like really stiff. Um, and did a really good job in that heel role. You know, normally before he was like a much more flamboyant heel, but at this point he was pretty physical. And I thought it, I, it there weren't a lot of, of matches like this from Goldust in this era because it's right before he went and got like weird with his like Tourette's and all that. You know what I mean? Oh uh, God, I remember that shit. God this is right before that, but I thought this was a really good like he, he was an aggressive. Uh, no bullshit heel. And I thought, I thought this was good. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I also gave this one three and a half beers. I thought it was very good. It wasn't a show stealer, um, but it was better than I expected it to be three and a half beers for me. Where are you at on gold dust versus RVD? 
matchup. But then after watching Dustin wrestle a great match with Sammy Guevara last week on uh, Dynamite or Rampage, whatever fucking episode Killer it was. match, by the way. Amazing Dude, match. Like, him, his young, non-fucked-up, bloated self when he was still in good shape, he could fucking still go back then, too. I don't, yeah. I don't remember him having good matches in 2002 because I remember the yeah, weird shit. Yeah. And then I remember him with Booker T, and that was gold. Yeah. Well, I can't wait till we get to cover that shit. That's like 04, but, but yeah. Uh, Still really awesome, though. And I have a note similar to what you said. I was like, this is like matches not quite that modern style, but it's like halfway there. Yeah. It's kind of like RVD is the, is the gap. RVD yeah. is the gap between like Shawn Michaels and Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, 100%. I agree with that right there. And Goldust still did some really innovative moves like that catapult, like springboard back into like the backbreaker on his knees. Yeah. That was really, I don't think I've ever really seen no, him do very that. cool. That's a fucking cool move. Like other people yeah. should utilize that in their move set. I went three and a half also on this match. I was nice. pleasantly surprised. It was a good match. I'm I was having a good time watching it. I enjoyed myself. Enjoyed yourself for sure. I'm gonna do that as well a little bit later, but let's keep it rolling here. We got a we got a little segment with Austin and the NWO to kind of help build some tension. It's now an infamous segment where he hands him the beers and he just throws them over his shoulder and walks past. Dude, it's kind of crazy how like Almost all of the WWE, WWF, NWS segments that are memorable that you remember happened all in this one night. Like all. Yeah. I, like, I was surprised. Like all of them. I was like, I thought this was on like a raw or this was on like a. Yeah. Like ah. it was kind of crazy and we're going to get to more of them. But this one was the first one and it was cool. I thought it was a really good way to build tension with Austin. Um, and if I'm if I'm not. If I'm trying to not think about what I know happens later, I'm like, okay, this is at least better than their original promo that they opened with. You know what I mean? Like, this is at least better. Like, this whole exchange. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I thought it was really well done. The next match here is really weird. It's Booker T and Test versus Taz and Spike Dudley. And by the way, it's for the WWF Tag Team titles. What? And Taz and Spike are the tag team champions. Bro, and at this and, and look at okay. Okay, listen to this. I want you to listen to this. This blew my mind. You have Scotty Suhati and Albert. You have Edge and Christian on the roster. You have uh, the Hardys on the roster. You have the Dudleys on the roster. You have Bill, a newly formed Billy and Chuck on the roster and the APA. And your tag team champions right now are Taz and Spike Dudley. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why? 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 I completely what? Why? Because Who? they're one of those teams, the team that won the tag team turmoil, and, and you want the, and you want the WrestleMania, WrestleMania moment. Yeah, I get, it. I get it, I get it. I still though. Ta- do but you? Okay, I be don't remember Taz and no. Spike being tag team champions at no. all. And that's like if you want to talk about WWE having random thrown together tag teams as the champions, this is the fucking epitome of that. Like this is straight up like random when you hit the blue button on, uh, on no mercy and yep. it just like plugs it in like the random guys like this. And is this what is, it is no mercy era. Like, 100%, yeah, sure. oh, like right 100%. There. this is it straight up, straight up, dude. Yeah. This is like the, well, this is a year after. So this is probably like SmackDown. Uh, here comes no, uh, shut your mouth. Or, yeah. or just bring it or something like that. Just bring it the second. It's, or maybe just the first SmackDown game or the second one. Something like that. Because no, SmackDown was after No Mercy, it was SmackDown right? SmackDown 3. Know Your Role. It was Know, know Your Role. role. Yep. That's what it was. Yeah. That was a good one. Oh, yeah, this, God. Taz we got to have an episode where we wrestling. just talk about like, wrestling. Taz, like literally a year after this, Taz has done wrestling and like period. Yeah. Like Taz had such a brief run actually wrestling in WWF. But then he became one, arguably one of the best commentators of all time. Worst I will put him up there. The top ten at least. Up with his gear when he was in WWF. His I don't know. He said, yeah. His, his soul was dead. 
You said it already. Single gear to like orange track pants and like weird fucking vest. It's dumb. It is weird. It's very weird. Um, The match. Listen, okay, let's get into the match. Let's just let's just talk about it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, to me, I know what I said. Let's talk about the match, but the match, there's not really much meat on the bone here. It felt really weird. It felt very clunky. The King was on fire with his one-liners, though. Dude, commentary, commentary was the best made this match. Thing. Oh, dude. When Okay. The the King, dude. JRR was like, you know, he's talking about like how big, you know, like Booker T and Tess were compared to Taz and Spike Dudley. And JRR was like, well, you know, you know, King, you can't, you can't judge a book, a book by its cover. And uh, and King immediately like no time lapse. Well, you can't judge the book by its cover. What if the pages are stuck together? Oh no, he dude. yeah he said he goes he goes you can't judge judge the proverbial book by its cover. And he's like, well, what if the pages are sticking together? He goes, well, that's your book. Oh dude, I <laughs> they spit my beer out. Like, I spit like, well, that's my your book. beer out. It was so good, dude. They were oh, fantastic. God. Match itself was a hodgepodge though. Um, it bound to happen at some point. This is the only match on the card. That I rated under three beers, and it's still two and a half beers. It's still Me two, two and a half two beers. And a half. Yeah. Straight up. Uh, Spike Dudley gets fucked up, and then there's yeah. a Taz mission at the end. That's yep. that's pretty much what happens. Yep. And honestly, and a spinneroon. Yeah. You get a spinneroony. Yeah. We got, oh, we got a solid spinner and, and a really good scissor kick, too. Oh, yeah. Um, very good. Let's, let's keep rolling here. We get The Rock. Uh, he gets his promo time with Coach on The Undertaker. Obviously gold. I mean, obviously. The dude just, I don't think he ever opened his mouth anytime past like 99 where he wasn't absolutely goaded. Um, but let's just keep it rolling here. Edge versus William Regal. Brass Knuckles on a pole match. Okay. The match was really good, but the gimmick got in the way again, as it normally does in matches like this. Um there, uh, it's, why not put it on a ladder? Why not put it at the top of the stage and you guys could fight up the ramp or something like that? I don't know. Just on a pole just never works out because there's only so many times that the baby face, in this case, Edge, can like get up on the tur- top turnbuckle and literally like smack it five times. Like it's easy for you to easily get that down at this point. And you're just yeah. like tossing that around, waiting for Regal to get you. And it like it just takes me out of it completely. Uh, it made me also really miss what the IC title used to be. You know what I mean? Like these guys, uh, I, again, man, great work. It was it was very well worked for a, uh, a quote unquote pole match. Um, it was good, but it certainly wasn't great. The apron botch was rough. Uh, the <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the Hurricane Rana um, powerbomb miss was bad, uh, but I still put it right in the middle. I gave it three beers, dead center. Um, it was average. It should have been better, but it was average. Three beers for me. Um, where are you at on it? I went a little bit higher than that. And honestly, I think this is the best on a pole match ever. I don't know. The best on a pole match I've ever seen. I don't think I've never really seen that many good ones. And the only Jack versus Vader coal miners glove match in, uh, WCW. Was that on a pole? Yes. Okay. Well, I need to go back and watch that. Good looking out. I'll check that one out. But this is pretty good, too. And the main reason is because the fu- the booking, the way it ended, I thought it was just fucking brilliant. Just well booked. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. They're like Edge is fighting the whole time to get to the pole. And you, R- William Regal never really tries to go for the brass knuckles. He just stops Edge from doing it. And he's, you know, great match. Like you said, lots of just – it's a William Regal and Edge. The work rate's going to be fantastic. Yeah. The only botch yeah. they had was, was that yeah. – the power bomb apron thing. And I love how JR is like – he put him for a power bomb, and it looks like Edge tried to kick out. He's like, well, yeah. he's like, well, I don't really, I don't know who got the worst of that. I love how King he would just be the like the one just to bring it back, be like, ah, they both fucked each other up, huh? 
without saying that. Like he he really just King was really good at this point. Oh, like, for this sure. Is be- this is the best in their career, but William Regal pulling the nucks out of his trunks, hitting them, and then height. Just ah, brilliant right there. I went 3.75. Really the booking. 3.75? My goodness. That's yes, I really enjoyed this because I well, I don't know if I'm much of a William Regal mark, and I'm learning that I am, but this is great. Fucking great shit right here. The booking. If it would if, if it would have been anything else, like Edge got it down and hit him, like, and then Edge got a little color, it just... It all worked for me. I really like that one. Three point seven five, and I'm not taking it back. Uh, I mean, you don't have to take it back. It's just a bad take. It wasn't that good, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Let's let's keep it rolling here. We get a, a Kurt Angle promo on Triple H. It was decent, but not necessarily great. Um, the production package for The Rock and Taker, however, was very good. It was very well done, very well put together. Better um, than the match. And it's okay. O2 is probably one of the more underrated years of WWF, WWE. Um, everyone talks about the Attitude Era, and then they just go straight to the uh, Ruthless Aggression Era, and you kind of skip like three or four years there. And I think that this, this O2 to O4, I think those two years are gravely underrated. I mean, just like vastly, vastly underrated. Um, prime example here is that this is a seven-match card. Uh, and match number five on your card is the undertaker versus the rock. I just want that to sink in. Like that's, that's insane. Like that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a main event anywhere at any point in the history of professional wrestling. That's a main event anywhere. Right. Except for an O2. Cause it's in the middle of the card. Cause you're going to have Kurt Angle and triple H after that. And then you're going to have stone cold Steve Austin versus Chris Jericho. So it's and just crazy. Think about those last three matches on the card. Those could be flipped yeah. around, interchanged in any way. Yeah, and in any way, yes. Event. Yes. At any point in and any with any era. of the wrestlers like Austin Kurt, Triple H, like you could switch. All any of, of those these guys matches around. are dream matches. Yeah. All of them. All of these matches are dream matches. That's crazy. Like O2 is underrated. I'm just trying to brag on O2 a little bit. And let's get into the match here. Um, it's great. I mean, the, the match is phenomenal from front from front to back, great storyline, um, solid buildup. The work rate was top tier. I mean, even all the Gaga was perfectly timed. Like, like the timing of, do you, do you have any idea how hard it is to have two people interfere at that level with the timing w- to make it fluid so it doesn't take you out of it to where no one's waiting for anything? There's never a moment where someone looks stupid because they were waiting around for something to happen. It was perfectly done. Like, that is impossible really hard to do like perfect timing. Great match. Great match. Five beers. Loved it. Phenomenal match. Where are you at on the undertaker versus the rock here? I did not love it. And I did not think it was phenomenal. What? Good. But I don't know if it was a, the placement on the card and how everything was really hype, but just like it was, it kind of started kind of slow to me and it was just, they brawled around the ring and it's just, I think it's suffering from, the hypeness road stuff. I don't know. I just wasn't as into it. Loved it. But it's not like Loved it was bad. It. The cr- I mean, the crowd was going fucking nuts the entire time. Like, I understand. And, like, I agree. The run-ins, the interference, it was timed imperfect. And everything was very smooth smooth and fluid. It's just, I wasn't into this brawl. I don't know. I did Ugh. not like O2 Undertaker. I didn't really feel like it was a brawl at all, actually. I mean, they I mean, a little fighting outside. But for the most part, it was, like, in the ring. And they did, I mean, they weren't, like, throwing wrist locks out there. But it wasn't, like... 
hard. I mean, format. it did pick up towards the end, and like they were like you know going back and forth when you had like the the reverser from the people's elbow on the big choke slam spot and everything. And then I think it's funny how he did the choke slam, and then Jr. said he was going for the ride, but wouldn't that be the last ride? Kind of kind of confused me there. I was like Jr. Your, well, your the last argument. ride's when you got to give him the wedgie too. But yeah, I know. The, regular I know, power bomb. He, is but he rack. said the ride. You know, like just say when you say the rack, you mean the torture rack. I mean, the thought oh. he was just you know doing the short. Oh, he's going for the ride. Well, this ain't twenty two twenty two yet, buddy. You got you got to get the moves yeah, but right. Said, but I don't know. But maybe is that whatever. For a ride. But I don't know. Still, I feel like it says he that. Still know. tried to get put over Booger Red that never got over. He yeah, kept, Booger he Red. Still tried to call Undertaker Booger Red, and I was like, nah. But I mean. I went three and a half beers. It was eight, you know, above average. Three and a half. Rocking Undertaker. My goodness. I just wasn't into it. I, my goodness. Well, you know what? I might be able to, to give you a trade back on that one. Let's keep it rolling here. Uh, we get Mr. Perfect at WWF New York, which I thought was hilarious. I loved it. I, Dude, I thought it was super funny. Another bad WWF New York promo. And it wasn't. I don't think it was bad. No, yeah. it wasn't bad. It was just the WWF New York. Just, I don't know. It's just the whole vibe of it. It's just cheesy. Like, why is he not the pay-per-view? He's at WWF New York. I know we had like the, the plane ride from hell, and that's kind of what happened to, to Mr. Perfect's career here. But I, I really thought that this Mr. Perfect gimmick could have worked in this time with him just being super cocky instead of like preppy Mr. Perfect and him just being like, I am the best. I am perfect. Look at me. I am a god. Like that could have totally worked, especially in that early 2000s era. And I really wish that we had gotten a longer run with him. He's like, see um, the front, see the back. Yeah. He so said, good. not too big. He said, not too big, not too much. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I, I, R.I.P. Kurt Henning, man. One of the goats for sure. Um, let's let's go right into another Kurt that's also a goat. It's Kurt Angle versus Triple H. Stephanie McMahon is a special guest referee. The story is deep here. I feel like everyone remembers this storyline for a reason. Like it was very good. This is good. This is good sports entertainment. This is a real, really good storyline. Yeah, it's the only time that Triple H and Stephanie had a feud ever. Yeah, and it's great, and it's really well done. Um, Triple H has never, ever in his career been more over as a baby face than he was right here. Never. Never looked better either. Never looked better either. Thank you to, you know, whatever it was he was using at the time. Uh, it's a cosmetic Some of that W. Baby. Morrissey stuff. <laughs> that Diesel. <laughs> Some of that BP special. Um, yeah, man, the belt to belt was phenomenal. Uh, the Gaga, again, was perfect. I thought the interference was really well done. Um, and it's not me being old and nostalgic, but WWF just did WWE better back then. Like it, they did sports entertainment better back then. Um, it was too good. It was too smooth. It was really well done. Um, great sports entertainment match. The heel gets the win. Awesome. Um, five beers. And I back to back five beers for me. I did not go quite five beers. I went four and a half, almost five beers. And like you said, the Stephanie McMahon bullshit with the Tim White bullshit, like all the ref interference stuff made just heighten the drama so much because every time one guy would like really get the advantage, they'd fuck the ref up. Yeah. And Tim White, like he's, Oh, he, he was took great. So you remember bumps, when he bro. was, had the little promos where he was like trying to commit suicide. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Like I thought that's just fucking hilarious. I think every time I see Tim White, I think about the suicide promos, but all that stuff's gone now. Because it's ah. not, definitely not PC. Oh, that was funny. That's like not racist. Uh, or weird. It's just, yeah, I know. But it's kind of like making light of suicide, though. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. I understand why they took it off. But, dude, lots of fucking – dude, Kurt Angle just so smooth. Like, JR oh, said, yeah. he goes, I think Kurt Angle is the king of the German suplex. And I might agree. They say Brock Lesnar is, but Kurt Angle's the OG. He's the original suplex city. I and mean, triple- I'm – 
uh, you know, uh, to give the devil his due. Steiner? No. The best Germans? It's got to be Germans. Benoit, man. It's got to yeah. be Benoit. I actually saw a meme. It's got to be Benoit. Like, it was like Benoit and like Kurt Angle was like, who has the best German? I'm like, yep, definitely got to give the devil his due, Benoit. Yeah, I mean. Mo- but know. modern day, I do enjoy Pax Deadlift German. That's its Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, uh, or um, Cesaro. Yeah, de- yeah. Anybody can do a deadlift German. You're just a fucking nut strong. But, dude, back to the match. Triple H just, besides a few little sloppy things at the beginning where I think Stephanie kind of caused it, dude, Triple H was on his shit. And so yeah. was Kurt Angle. Just great chemistry, great gaga. Everything was great in this match. Four and a half beers. Very well. Could have been a five-beer match. Just, I don't know. If it was a little bit... A little bit more smooth and no botches at all probably could have lifted it over that final half a beer for me. But yeah, really good four and a half. And dude, up next, literally the most classic rock in like rock NWO promo segment of all time. Like legendary, even so legendary funny. segment. So good. Chico, Razor Ramon. <laughs> and, <laughs> dude, so, so good. good. And. Uh, you know, The Rock just probably came up with that shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I bet, I'm sure they were like, who, whoever helped him write his promos, I forgot the one guy, but he probably like, all right, make fun of him for being Razor Ramon, make fun of him for being Diesel. And then he was like, all make right. Make fun of the Huckster, yeah. The Huckster. <laughs> oh, so good, dude. Uh, so good. It was a very good promo. Honestly, watch that. Go back and watch it again, especially if you're you following along. You probably YouTube it. Just Rock yeah. NWO promo. You'll, it's yeah, it's for sure. Um, yeah, man. And then we got a, uh, a, a package here for Stone Cold and Chris Jericho. The best thing about this was that they obviously replaced the music. Um, and they replaced it with some really bad, like funk yeah, rock, like, like jam band. Like, no, no, it wasn't even that. It was like, it was like some peak, like NBC. It was like a funky rock thing. Yeah, I know it wasn't it was even going like, on for a minute. It wasn't even it like almost, hard rock. It was like, it was like this poppy kind of like. Almost Honestly, happy vibe. I thought it was Jim Johnson had DX band vibes, like a oh yeah 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 yeah. That's kind of how I felt it was it's going. Still, it was still weird. It was still weird. Uh, and I'm glad here, you noticed that too, because I thought it was just. It can, I feel like the music because it was different. It, I felt like it went on for too long because the music didn't. Oh fit. yeah, I it was definitely like, what went the on for fuck? too. Fuck. Yeah, let's it get to the match. On. Yeah, let's get on to the match here. It's uh, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Chris Jericho for the undisputed championship. It started off slow, and it's a lot of chops. It's a lot of brawling on the outside. It's a lot of things that aren't my favorite. Um, it wasn't a bad match, uh, but these guys had it a significantly suffers. better match at Vengeance. They had a exactly. That's what I was going to say. Vengeance. They set the bar at Vengeance. It wasn't a stinker, and it served its purpose. Uh, but like, without those. There were a couple really good false finishes at the end. Without those, it would have been below average. Um, so I only gave it three and a quarter beers. Uh, I, I was not into it. I thought Rock. I honestly thought Rock and Taker was my match of the night. Ooh, I'm gonna have to wholeheartedly disagree with you here because even though this was not as good as Vengeance, it was still a pretty good match. And I agree, it started off slow, but once they got going, it got fucking. Really good to me. I, don't really I feel was like really they got into going it. until like right at the end, though. Ah, once Rock, once uh, Stone Cold hit the three superplexes, and you could just and Earl Hebner just like being a dumbass. Like one thing that really 
just yeah, besides, a lot but, of it just didn't work. The match just like wasn't, one thing that really pissed me off. Rock spine. I mean, what's he saying? Rock because a spine buster. Austin did a spine buster on the belt. Then when when he went to pin Jericho, the belt was under his shoulder. Yeah, and his shoulder wasn't on the mat. And I was like, Earl. And then King and uh, Jr. kept calling. No, not Jr. The King kept calling out Earl Hebner for fucking up and being out of position. And then Jim Ross was trying to defend him. He's just like, no, what the fuck? What is he doing? He's looking at his feet. So I love Stone Cold and Chris Jericho is still pretty cool. I went four beers. Not much. You're just being nice, though. But I love Stone Cold. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Okay, All right. Stone Cold match or the rock match. If you had to pick one. Oh, man. I don't know, because I'll then I pick uh, I'll pick Kurt Angle and Triple H. Okay, that's fair. That was the better out of all of them, to be honest. Okay. I mean, I, I, even I, though rated, I gave I, it four beers. I rated them work, the same. Work, I rated work, Rock and, yeah. Even though I gave the four beers because I love me some Austin, like story and work, ra- work rate-wise, Angle and Triple H all day out of those three matches. I just have that Stone Cold bug, baby. Well, dude, all right, I have to ask you a question here now then. Now that we're done What's with that? both shows, which one, if you had to watch one show again, which one would you watch? Ooh. No way out. Yeah, definitely no way out. Yeah, I mean, def- no. I mean, hard to kill was great, hard, but yeah, it was a great show. Like, but it's, no it's way hard. out has too much legendary nostalgia. You can't come. Can nobody can compete with Rock Taker, Kurt Angle, Triple H, and Jericho and Austin in the last three matches? And even the undercard is fantastic. And like, the NWO put, coming back. NWO. You could put on like literally. You could put on some of the greatest like main event matches with modern wrestlers, and you're still not going to have as a legendary Just the nostalgia alone. Movie. Like the roster, like okay, dude, the Hardys, the Dudleys, JBL on the show, Billy, Gold Dust, RVD, Booker Farouk, T, Ron Simmons. Yeah, oh yeah, of course, yes, of course. Edge, Regal, uh, Taker, Rock, Angle, Triple H, Austin, and Jericho. T, That's uh, yeah. I mean, literally, so many good. Re- like those are all Edge. All like, those Hall are of all famers. main event all world champions. Hall of famers. One, two, all of them. three, four, five. Like literally everybody besides. Like Scotty, some of the tag team that's guys like, and William it, Regal have all been world champions. Like, yeah, RVD. Uh, yeah, seriously, like, this is ton- it's full of Hall of Famers and world champions. Way. Like, it's kind of crazy when you think about how many of these guys have been world champion or would become world champion. Because I mean, you still got Christian and and like uh, exactly. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Jeff Hardy in that one. I mean, God, dude, it's JBL. Oh God, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculously t- stacked. And those that's those six wrestlers in the three last matches, they're all like those are all next level, multiple time world champions, like Hall of Famer. Dude, O2 is caliber. so underrated, man. O2 is so underrated. It's, all it's of those guys have wrestled year. besides Rock and Triple H, like all the rest of those guys have like, you know, wrestled everywhere and been yeah. been around everywhere. Yeah. Triple H and I mean Triple H did some WCW, but the Rock, he's the only true only ever wrestled really WWF. Like, think about that. The Rock never went to Japan. The Rock never wrestled really the Indies besides Memphis when that wasn't really the Indies like it is now. The Rock never went to Mexico. Yeah. The Rock never really. Well, The Rock was, you know, he was Flex Cabana in Memphis for like, uh, yeah. I mean, almost a year. But, you know, the Indies back then is nothing like. Right, right, right. You know, oh, totally. Like yeah, yeah. No, indies. absolutely not. Yeah. It's, oh, dude. Tr- I, yes, I know. I was on those. <laughs> like, trust me, it's not. It's not the same, dude. It was okay. And honestly, it's because backyard wrestling was so popular in the, in the late 90s and the early 2000s. That's why. Because there were so many indie promotions. Like, you could wrestle five days a week and not leave Nashville. 
because it was a backyard show or whatever. Or, I mean, that was a, that was a normal thing. Like, and that's that's what, the indies suck. That was it was, it was backyards are cool. That's where you know, like the young right. Bucks, but I mean, but but what I'm saying is that at their starts. I would dare say that in 2002 till 2006 or seven, more maybe not more, but at least 30 percent of indie wrestlers were not ever trained. They had just wrestled in backyards, found their way onto local shows, and just started wrestling. The Young Bucks never were formally trained. They literally, yeah, yeah I know, I know. Of course, the there's, the, yeah, yeah, yes, the, and that story's Jack there for Evans, a handful of people. Uh, the Hardys, Matt they Cross, made their own pr- promotion. People, yeah. Yes, I, I get that, but I, what I'm saying is like. Think of how many people were into wrestling at the time. Think of how many of those everybody because outlaw nowadays, backyard you know, promotions there some were. Some people like it, but back then everybody loved wrestling. Right, that's what I'm saying. So everybody was kind of pretending to be wrestler at the time. Me myself included, a hundred percent. Like I had no bit. I mean, I got trained. I but wrestled I, on the trampoline with my little brother and hurt my knee, so I understand. Did you film it and put it out on a uh, on like LimeWire, your like clips on YouTube and that kind of thing? Actually, it wasn't even YouTube. Nah. Was on, you could just this download was, stuff uh, on like LimeWire and Kazaa. You could download like, clips and stuff. And my technology skills were not that good in like 2002. I was like 10 or 11. DS, I think DSL had just come out. We were just out of the dialogue. Oh, yeah. I remember when DSL first came out. I told the story earlier. Me and my friend got a virus on his parents' computer the night they got DSL. Nice. Because we were going Looking to like rotten.com and just like a bunch of weird, you know, old internet was weird and unregulated and you could find weird shit and get viruses. So, yeah, it was a normal thing. Well done. Very well done. What he really meant to say was trying to find some weird porn that they were watching together. Oh, yeah. Efucked.com. Nice. Old school. Good throwback <laughs> right there. Well done. <laughs> I, that's, that's an applause right there. Hell I don't yeah. know if we Old dude, I don't, school I, internet. I, I don't know if we can end, end at least this part of the episode any better than that. So let's talk about what we got coming up. <laughs> This week has been Impact's Hard to Kill 2022 versus WWE's No Way Out from 2002. I'm super excited about continuing to go on with our 2002 storyline. Uh, we're going to take one step back and go to their Royal Rumble here in a couple weeks. But next week is the debut of the monthly Baker's Dozen. Jesse Baker is taking over the show. Good old Jesse Baker, the patron saint of the rock block, is taking over. He's going to have a guest, a special guest that is yet to be announced. Um, and they're going to be kind of discussing a lot of what the current stuff is. And they're going to have a, um, a more of a free form format. I don't know if you guys listen to um, like the Xbox podcast or um, more like a, what's the one that, that everybody likes? Uh, the one with the uh, bully Ray. Um, oh, the busted open radio. Yeah, busted open radio. I think that I, I I believe that that's gonna be kind of more of his format, um, and I think that's gonna be awesome. I'm excited to see what happens there. And to be completely honest, I'm excited about having like a week where I can just be a fan and just listen to the podcast, and I don't have to be a part of it. You know what I mean? How you feeling about the Baker's Nuzzle next week, Wex? Very excited for it. I'm down to you know down to do some little promotion, help out, get it popping off, uh, especially once we find out who that special guest is. And yeah, it'll yeah. be kind of cool. Like you said, take a step back, get to just watch wrestling just to enjoy it, not have to take notes on, you know, cramming in pay-per-views while I'm at work, uh, in the bathroom, taking a shit. Just kidding. I don't do that. Or do I? Only you'll know. Only I'll know. We'll find out one day. Maybe we'll find out on the Tiki Talks. But uh, two weeks oh, from now. Speaking of, Tiki Talks back on my phone. Got a new phone, more storage. So we're going to get back on there, baby. Yeah, baby. I'm, I, I need to get back on there, too, but it's a new year, and I'm trying to sell some houses, too, so that's kind of taking precedent these days. But I will try to get on the Tiki Talk at least uh, once a week or at least once a month, at least. That's what I meant to say. Jesus, once a week, that's way too much on Tiki Talk. Um, 
I'm so old. Let's just keep it going. Uh, two weeks from now, we have the GCW The World uh, 2022 show. It's from the Hammerstein Ballroom. I'm very excited to be covering GCW. Hell um, yeah. And that one is going to be the beginning of our Royal Rumble season. Um, and we're going to go back to 2007. We had just covered a few weeks ago. We covered the that terrible December to dismember oh, yeah. 2006. And that would have been the last one right before this pay-per-view. So we're going to keep our nostalgia storylines going here. We're jumping straight into WWE's Royal Rumble 2007. I'm hype about it, man. I liked kind of this era, too. Uh, I don't, what do you even call this era? We're already I think we're past we're past the ruthless aggression era, right? What? And we're, we're still not is, we're not quite the PG either. This Another is transition, right? Era. This is still pre PG era. This is almost right before the PG era. This was the um, I don't know that weird little. It's like oh seven to oh nine, right? Because I feel like I feel like I feel like yeah, the that's like aggression when, that's, era is like oh four to oh six, you know. Yeah, oh seven to oh nine is the high, Wex High School era. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. That that sounds right, uh, dude. I'm psyched. To it. I'm psyched about what we got going on next week. Is the Baker's dozen? The week after, we're covering GCW, and we're going back to 2007 with their Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble is my favorite pay per view period that WWE does ever. That's always been my favorite. Uh, and I'm I'm a wrestling guy. I'm a bell to bell guy. I'm a work rate guy for sure. But there's just something about the Royal Rumble. The matches always suck, but there's just something about seeing it. There's just something about the excitement. There's something about it every year. I'm excited about this season, man. I dare say that Royal Rumble means more to me nostalgia-wise than WrestleMania does, to be honest with you. Dude, yeah. So I got a question for you. Since we already know about Mickey James, Impact World Champion, being in the mm. Women's Royal Rumble. I was waiting for this, yeah. I heard that there could possibly be a secret forbidden door entrance not announced for the Men's Rumble. Who do you think that would be, or who could it be? It's going to be an AEW guy. I don't think it's going to be a, an Impact guy. Um... I think it's going to be Chris Jericho. I think it's going to be Brian Danielson. Okay. Because he okay. just got beat. He just got defeated. Doesn't have a current storyline going right now. He wasn't yeah. on Dynamite. I could see him doing his wife's going to be in the match for the women's. I could see him doing a one-off. I mean, Jericho did Broken Skull Sessions. They say Tony Khan's been talking to... <laughs> Excuse me. Tony Khan's been talking to John Laurinaitis about uh, using current AEW wrestlers and like upcoming video biography projects for current WWF wrestlers. Yeah. For Peacock stuff. Yeah. So honestly, even though we have all these fans who just like split, we have like the WWE marks, the AEW marks. I just like wrestling. And I think they're, the fans are digging too hard into this. And I think that people are just trying to make some money and put on some good product. Yeah, man. I I'm excited about what we got going on. Royal Rumble season is my favorite. I'm super hype about it. Uh, you can always find the show at kfabe.com on all the socials except for TikTok. It's going to be at kfabe.com pod there. You can always find me uh, at Daniel Daybreak on all the socials. You can always find the show at kfabe comparisons, just kfabe comparisons on YouTube. We're going to be doing a little bit more of that uh, in the in the very near future. And uh, Wex, where can people find you? Man? You can always find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all your social medias. I'm going to leave it at that. Nice. I love it, man. That's going to do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week. We are out. Peace. Holla.